48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines, health authorities have reported 986 COVID cases, a slight drop from yesterday's record high figure. HKU microbiologist Yun Kwok Yong says airborne transmission is probably the cause of a COVID outbreak at Carita's Medical Center. And a medical expert says the government should consider implementing a full lockdown. Hong Kong has reported 986 COVID infections, slightly down from yesterday's record tally. Health officials also say another elderly patient has died. Frank Yong has more. Health authorities say all but one of the day's COVID-19 cases were locally transmitted. There were also around 800 preliminary infections. Authorities said some of the latest cases are linked to DB Plaza in Discovery Bay, and the shopping mall has been ordered to close for thorough disinfection. Dr. Chuang Shokuan of the Center for Health Protection also said more infections have emerged from several elderly homes, resulting in dozens of residents and staff being taken into quarantine. And a 94-year-old chronically ill COVID patient has passed away. She had not been vaccinated. Meanwhile, a chief manager with the hospital authority, Larry Lee, called on confirmed patients who are waiting to be hospitalized to stay away from others living under the same roof as much as possible. They have to stay in the room, well ventilated, keep the window open, and we have to minimize any face-to-face contact with the other family members. And also we have to avoid and, and, try, and try to minimize any time that will be masked off and avoid uh, having meals uh, with any family members. Dr. Lee also said a special subsidy will be provided for more frontline medical staff as he thanked them for the contributions in fighting the pandemic. Speaking at the same press conference, Food and Health Undersecretary Choi Tak-yi said the government has arranged for queuing tickets to be distributed at a number of testing facilities to shorten the waiting time for those required to have tests. A nursing instructor may have spread COVID-19 to five elderly patients at the Caritas Medical Center. Government Pandemic Advisor Yun Kwok Yong says staff who came into contact with the trainer should get tested. Natalie Cheng reports. The expert said, after inspecting the hospital, that the instructor talked a lot during a training session in an internal ward on Monday and could have emitted particles carrying the virus, causing short-range airborne transmission. She stayed for five hours in two cubicles in the ward and kept instructing newcomers, Yun Kuo Yong said. The University of Hong Kong professor said the five patients who have tested preliminary positive for COVID at the 12A Medicine and Geriatrics Ward are all over 70 and unvaccinated. As for the staff who came into contact with the instructor, Professor Yun said they should get tested before working in the coming week but don't need to be quarantined. They wore what they should have worn, including masks. And especially when hospitals are so busy now, it's impossible to quarantine these nurses who have come into contact with infected people, because that way very soon our hospitals won't be able to operate, he said. Professor Yun added that nurses in the ward have been doing a good job with infection control measures, adding that the area is well ventilated. Researchers from the University of Hong Kong say the government's new social distancing measures won't be enough to contain the Omicron outbreak. The dean of the university's Faculty of Medicine, Gabriel Leung, who advises the government on the pandemic, says if a mainland-style city-wide lockdown was implemented for two to three months, deaths could be limited to about 115. But he said he wouldn't comment on whether a lockdown was feasible. 
what we need is to really reduce cross-infection. And the sure way of doing that is to reduce mobility and mixing. You need to sustain that for as long as you need to bring the number of seeds, infected seeds or transmission chains in the community, down to such a level that they will just fade away naturally, as opposed to going into a recrudescence and growing again, and essentially delaying, merely delaying the inevitable, as opposed to really extinguishing those seeds. And the weather, mainly cloudy, sunny intervals tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 16 and 20 degrees. Moderate to fresh easterly winds. The outlook, sunny periods on Saturday, but there will be few rain patches on Sunday and temperatures will fall at night. The temperature is 18 degrees and the humidity is 83%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. A public housing block in Jinlong has been placed under overnight lockdown due to positive sewage samples. Residents of Hong Lok House at Hong Fok Estate are required to undergo COVID tests and stay at home. Authorities hope to wrap up the operation by noon tomorrow. An assistant professor at the Chinese University School of Public Health and Primary Care has warned that Hong Kong might see a daily COVID caseload of two to 5,000 infections in the coming days. Natalie Cheng has more. Professor Kwok Kinnan told an RTHK radio show that the 1,100-plus cases reported on Wednesday only reflects the infection situation a week ago, when old social distancing rules were in place and people were still celebrating the Lunar New Year. He said the city will have to wait another week before it can tell whether the tougher anti-pandemic measures now imposed work. The number of infections will continue to rise in the coming seven days because we're looking at a situation when the old social distancing measures were in force. But if everyone puts some effort into social distancing, if you get vaccinated, as long as you're fit to do so, or if you get tested despite the queues, then if we're optimistic, we may see the outbreak peaking at the end of February or early March. He added that if people adhere to social distancing rules, undergo tests and get vaccinated, the number of infections may peak at the end of this month or in early March before plateauing. However, Professor Kwok stressed the situation will remain precarious as people may let their guard down once the pandemic eases. A restaurant manager says he's worried that the vaccine pass system being implemented at his establishment will only complicate things and is likely to cause more conflict between staff and customers. As Frank Young reports, his eatery is one of the Type D restaurants required to adopt vaccine passes today as a pilot to a wider rollout of the scheme in 23 types of premises in two weeks from now. Type D restaurants are allowed to sit up to four people at each table. All staff must be vaccinated, and now customers aged 12 or above are required to have received at least one shot to dine in. But for some, like Ms. Lam, the new requirement means no more eating out with family and friends. Some of my family members um, haven't got vaccinated yet, so they couldn't go dine in in the restaurants and it's very inconvenient to them because they have to buy their own food, um, even takeaways or buy food from markets to cook for themselves. Under the vaccine pass scheme, eateries must not only ensure patrons use the government's Leave Home Safe app, they also have to check vaccination records, 
The deputy general manager of a Type D restaurant in Hong Kong, So Man Sheng, believes the arrangement won't hurt businesses too much, but he's also certain patrons won't be happy about the extra step now needed to dine in. It's quite a complicated process. We also have to use the restaurant's mobile phone to download the vaccination records of our patrons. That's where we find it difficult. Customers have to do this process twice and they will get furious, especially when either one of our mobile phones is slow. Mr. So said business during the Lunar New Year was virtually frozen when compared to the festive period in pre-pandemic days. And with the recent surge in infections, his restaurant has decided to close for two weeks starting on Saturday. Tourists are able to visit the Philippines again, provided that they are double vaccinated against COVID-19 and test negative 48 hours before arrival. The BBC's Howard Johnson reports. Philippine government officials hope the move will boost job restoration in areas dependent on tourism, following two years of hard lockdown measures that included the barring of foreign holidaymakers. The Philippine economy emerged from a recession with a 5.6% growth in GDP last year after shrinking by nearly 10% in 2020 because of the impact of the pandemic. Daily new COVID-19 cases have been falling since mid-January. On Wednesday, the Department of Health logged just over 3,500 cases, the lowest daily total this year. Voting has begun in India's most populous state, Uttar Pradesh, one of five federal states holding assembly elections this month. The BBC's Rajini Vaidyanathan reports from the city of Noida. News networks here are calling it the semi-final before India's next general election in two years. This vote in Uttar Pradesh will be a test of the Hindu nationalist agenda of the BJP party, which currently governs the state. Its leader here is a Hindu monk, Yogi Adityanath, a controversial figure who's made inflammatory remarks against Muslims, but is also revered by many and is tipped by some as a future prime minister. During his tenure, he's introduced measures which many say target Muslims and minorities, including restricting interfaith marriages and arresting journalists and activists who've been critical of his government. With Russian forces conducting major military maneuvers in Belarus and the Black Sea, Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said the crisis over Ukraine is probably at its most critical moment. Our intelligence, I'm afraid to say, remains grim. And we're seeing the the massing of huge numbers of uh, tactical battalion groups on the borders of Ukraine. This is probably the most dangerous moment, uh, I would say, in in the course of the next few days, in what is the biggest security crisis that uh, Europe has faced for, for decades. But at a news conference at NATO headquarters, Mr. Johnson said the West was pursuing a policy of strong deterrence and patient diplomacy. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has denied that Moscow is using coercion and cautioned Western politicians against using threats in the search for a diplomatic solution. No doubt, of course, we need to normalize our relations, but this is supposed to be based on mutually respectful dialogue, an equal dialogue, dialogue based on the recognition of each other's legitimate interests and the search for acceptable solutions. As for ideological approaches, ultimatums, threats, this is a road to nowhere. 
Sport now. Hong Kong's Sydney Chu takes to the ice in Beijing tomorrow to compete in the men's 500-meter short track speed skating at the Winter Games. A knee injury kept him out of the PyeongChang 2018 Olympics, but Chu went on to win silver in the 100 meters and bronze in the 500 meters at the 2019 Asian Championships. Prior to heading to the capital, he told RTHK what it means to finally be representing Hong Kong at the Olympics. It's an honor, um, especially because um, it's in Beijing, and especially because uh, we've had such an incredible performance in Tokyo. Um, it's always been a dream, and so I think I'm not only rep- representing myself and my own hard work. I'm representing um, the entire Hong Kong, and being able to do that, uh, being able to sort of stand on sports' highest stage, to stand. On the Olympic stage, is is really a dream come true. In today's action, it's been a pretty good day so far for America, with gold in snowboarding and figure skating. More on that from Todd Harding. Snowboarding sensation Chloe Kim gave a masterclass to win Team USA's second gold in Beijing as she successfully defended her Olympic halfpipe title. The 21-year-old's first-run score of 94 points was enough to secure victory, ahead of Spain's Kerolt Castellet on 90.25 and Japan's Sena Tomita. Then Nathan Chen demolished the competition to strike gold in the Olympic figure skating, easily beating twice defending champion and fierce rival Yuzuru Hanyu, who finished fourth. The American scored 218.63 on his free program, building on his world record-breaking short program score from Tuesday. He finished over 20 points ahead of second place Yuma Kagiyama, another Japanese skater Shoma Uno claimed the bronze. But the Winter Olympics has been rocked by reports in the Russian media that the medal ceremony for the figure skating team event has been delayed because the 15-year-old member of the ROC team, Kamila Valieva, has tested positive for a banned substance. The International Olympic Committee has said it won't comment on the reports, with a spokesman saying only that it's the subject of a legal dispute. But Iran's Sabeh Shemshaki has become the first athlete to fail a drugs test at the Games. The 26-year-old tested positive for an anabolic steroid on Monday. Shemshaki is one of only two athletes representing Iran in Beijing. And in ice hockey, China is trailing by five goals in a match against the U.S. And now a reminder of our top stories tonight. Health authorities have reported 986 COVID cases, a slight drop from yesterday's record high figure. HKU microbiologist Yun Kwok Young says airborne transmission is probably the cause of a COVID outbreak at Karita's medical center. And a medical expert says that the government should consider implementing a full lockdown in Hong Kong. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Gloria Gaynor, of course, I Will Survive, big hit, been in a few movies as well. Was it Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Ever seen that? This is quite a funny film, it has to be said. 18 past 11, it's the Dying Embers of Thursday here in Hong Kong. If you're on the other side of the planet, maybe your Thursday is just getting underway. Maybe you're on the move, cross-country or whatever. Wherever you are, whatever you're up to, you're more than welcome to be in touch. Radio Peter Gmail, if you can dig out a song from the cellar, if it's way, way back in time, like this one especially, please. Salmon Day. Salmon Day. 